0: Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. God, would you speak to us this morning through your word? Um, God, would you teach us about you and would you teach us about your son? And so it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you guys want to open to Colossians, Colossians chapter 1. We are going to be spending a lot of time in this one passage of scripture over the next five to six weeks. This is a letter that's... uh, Written by Paul the Apostle. And just so you have a little bit of context of why he wrote it the way that he did. There was this church in Colossus at the time. And there was a lot of heresy that was coming out. There was a lot of false teachings. Even about Jesus himself. About this is what it means to follow God. It means following these rules. And it means following these regulations. And this is what it means to truly be a follower of Christ. If you do this and do this and do this. Don't eat this. Don't taste this. Don't do this. And yet what Paul would come in and say, you know, it's not just about what not to do. It's about who you follow in the fullness of it. And so with all these heresies and false teachings that are around about Jesus and about what love is, what, what does it mean to actually follow God, his solution isn't to say no to all of those. His solution is know the truth of Jesus. And he spends a bulk of this letter talking about who Christ really is. Let's focus in on the fullness and the truth of who Jesus Christ is. And you will be able to recognize what is false immediately if you know what the truth is. In verse 15, this is where we're going to pick up. He's talking about Jesus. This entire section is about him. And he goes on to say that the son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he's the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Once you were alienated from God and were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish and free from accusation, if you continue in your faith established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you have heard and has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven of which I Paul, have become a servant. Can you all say amen with me? This passage is where we're going to be spending the next five to six weeks. We're going to be going through these verses together to really draw out everything that Paul had to say in this about who Jesus is. Because when you read through it, you see that Jesus is many things in this. He goes through just a small list of these different titles and these different characteristics of how Jesus relates to us. And what's, what's so phenomenal about it and what I love about it is that that doesn't even sum up the fullness of who Jesus Christ really is. In fact, at the end of one of the Gospels, the writer says, if everything Jesus did was written down, not all the books in the world would be able to hold it. Jesus is so much more than we could ever imagine, and he's so much more than could ever be written down on paper. And we look at this passage here and we see so many different Ways that Christ is in so many of his glories to us. Your understanding of who Jesus is determines everything that you are. I want to repeat that. The way that you understand Jesus personally controls who you are and where you're going. controls your destiny. And it's not just saying, have you heard of Jesus? It's your understanding of who Jesus is. Because for many of us, the answer is Jesus to everything. You know? What if you're having a bad day? Jesus. You know, what's the solution? What, what, where do you go in this passage? Jesus. What's one plus one? Jesus. But you know, in a passage like that, thank you, Gabe. But you know, to say just Jesus to everything and have no context whatsoever to that would be like saying this. Somebody asks where you live and you say the solar system. Yeah, you know what? You're right. But... That is so general, and that doesn't necessarily get you down to a certain point. And so sometimes, and I I say sometimes and I mean a lot of the time, we throw around this title Jesus, but we don't really understand what it means. We don't understand. We throw it around in a general sense rather than understanding the fullness of who Christ is as our Redeemer and our God. In fact, it's not just what is Jesus or necessarily who is Jesus, but who is Jesus to you? Because Jesus himself would look at his disciples when he was on earth in Matthew chapter 16, and he would say, who do the people say I am? What does the world around you say that I am? The same way that Jesus could look at you and say, what does the world say about me? What they say is, some say you're a prophet, some say you're Elijah, some say you were John the Baptist, the one who came before me. And Jesus would look and say, but what do you you say? Who do you say that I am? And that's the most important question you could ever ask yourself in this life. It's a question that determines your eternity. Not just what is Jesus, but who do you say Jesus is? Who is Jesus to you? And who do you proclaim with your heart and your allegiance and your heart everything that he is to you? In fact, it has such an influence on us. When you look at some of even the major religions in the world, you look at Judaism, Jewish beliefs, Christianity, and Muslim, Islam. They all believe in the God of the Old Testament. They believe in Yahweh, the one who created the heavens and the earth. They're all the same when it comes to the beliefs of that. But where they get different is when it comes to Jesus. Jesus is the separator between them because Judaism doesn't believe that Jesus is the Son of God. They believe he was a great prophet. They believe he had really good things to say. But being the Son of God and the Redeemer, I don't think so. It's the, same, it's the same beliefs with Islam. It's that, yeah, they believe Jesus was great. They believe he existed. In the same way, it would be like it would, they didn't believe in him in such a way. It would be like me walking up here and saying, preaching a message and then saying, okay, I'm the son of God. Salvation is found in me. And you guys are like, you have some good things to say, Jeff, but you're the, you're the way, the truth, and the life. See, that was the dilemma, and that was actually the reason why Jesus was killed. You know, it's, that's, that's the reason for his execution and his crucifixion, because we know that Jesus was, was called to die for our sins, but it wasn't like he walked up to a mom and said, I need to die for your sins, and they were like, great, let's crucify you, and so and dragged him out and put him on a cross. But what actually was, because he claimed to be the Son of God, The people said, you are punishable by death for claiming such a claim. And the ironic thing was, he was. And the ironic thing was, that very death was their forgiveness. Even, you think about just the little bit of differences in the beliefs between Judaism, Islam, and Christianity. But even you look at just groups like ISIS, who are an extremist group of Muslim and Islam. But you know what the funny thing about all those groups is? All of them believe that Jesus existed and that he was great. But look how different we are. Look at the different destinies that we come from. Just even the littlest changes in beliefs. And it leads you in different ways. Which is why it's so important to understand fully who God is. And to look at the word of God. And to see truly what he is to us. People love God. But they hate Jesus. That's a statement I heard a couple years ago. And it really resonated with me. Because a lot of people... (laughs) Let's all give Alex a round of applause for that (laughs) The statement that people love God But they hate Jesus Why is that true? Because when you acknowledge God from a distance You can return to your old life When you just know God from a distance And you kind of just have ideas about him It's really easy to live the life that you want And it's really easy to say, yeah, I believe in him, but I'm going to do my own thing. But Jesus came to earth and he revealed God. And you can't come to Jesus and go back to your old life. You see, he's Lord, but he's also Lord of everything that you are, offering a new life, which is why a lot of people have trouble with him. You see, in this place where people were wondering about who God was, they knew God existed, but they didn't know what he was truly like. Jesus came in a human, earthly form, And he ended it. He just, he shut the book on it and he made it definitive. This is what God is like. This is what God would look like in a human form. And this is is who you follow. This is the end of the discussion. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Which is hard for people because it means, if that's true, that means I have to follow him in everything he says. He has to be the Lord of my words. He has to be the Lord of my actions, my positions, everything I do and everything that I say. Because he's a definitive end to all discussion on who God is. There's no one after him and there's no one before him. So anyways, all that to say, we're going to look at this passage and we're going to look at who Jesus is because of everything that he really is to us. When you look at this first verse, this is where we're going to focus in on today. It says that the Son is the image of the invisible God and the firstborn over all creation. I think just... So you guys have an understanding where it says firstborn over all creation. It's not saying he was actually born. But that term firstborn actually means, in its original Hebrew, over all. It means that he is over all creation. In the same way that the son in in this culture would have all the rights and the inheritance from the father, They they would be the firstborn, whether they were actually the firstborn or not. It's a title that's given to him because he's over all creation. You have the Father, you have the Son, and you have the Holy Spirit. They were always, was, is, and will be. And they're firstborn over everything, which speaks even to the first part of this verse, where it says that he's the image of the invisible God. He's the image of the invisible God. You see, Jesus is this perfect revelation of who God is, In a way that we can humanly understand. Because God is pretty wonderful. God is pretty glorious. But he's way bigger than we could comprehend. If we could comprehend God, he wouldn't be worthy of our worship. If he was something we could rationalize, then he wouldn't be worth giving your entire life to. But God is greater than we could ever imagine. When he says he loves us, that love is greater than anything you could ever comprehend in this life. But how do you relate to a God that's incomprehensible? You know, oftentimes when you think about the Father and you think about the Son, you think, like, God is up here, the Son is down here. But I would say a better picture of what the Father and the Son looks like is this. God is this author, and he's writing this book, but there's no way that the characters and the people that he creates in this book, this setting, this life, this timeline, could ever understand who the author is. Harry Potter will never know who J.K. Rowling is. He will have no idea who that is. But God, in a sense, writes himself into the story in a way that the characters can understand. God, who stands outside of time, stands outside of our reality, he writes himself into this thing called humanity. And we can understand that. We can see that, which is why he's an image of an invisible God. A God that we can't see, God all of a sudden put put hands and feet on. He put a, this kind of just wall, this definitive, finite way of understanding who he is. He's a visible and comprehensible side of God. Because he reveals everything there is to know about God in a way that we can humanly understand. John 1, 18 says, no one has ever seen God, but God the one and only is what it says. No one has ever seen God, but Jesus. If you see Jesus, you see God. There's a verse, it's in um, Hebrews. It's at the beginning of the chapter, the same book that we um, read just a little bit earlier. And this is what what the author describes Jesus as. In verse 3, he says, it's Hebrews 1-3 if you just want to take a note and look at it later. He says that the sun is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. The sun is the radiance of God's glory, and he's the exact representation of his being. He's the exact perfect picture of who God in heaven is. And he's the radiance of God's glory so that you could actually see what God looks like. I think a way that you could understand it is like this. Um, If you want to put up that picture that I showed you earlier. So this, this is a cloudless sky. It's beautiful. Now... There is light that is going through the air right now, there's light going through the sky, but it's it just kind of goes off forever, and so you just kind of look at it. I don't know if you've ever looked at the sky, or ever tried to play sports when there was a cloudless day, and you like, can't catch the ball because there's no perspective. Maybe you just can't catch the ball, you know, in general, but it's, it's there, and there's this light, and there's this power that comes, but... And it, and it looks good, but there's really no comprehension for understanding just how glorious it is. So if you want to put up the other photo, now here's a sky, it's the same sky, same sun, but there are these clouds. And it changes the colors and it shows the light in a different way. If you want to put the other picture up, it does the same thing even there as well. That light comes off in these different ways and you can see all these different glories that were in the same sky. Because the first one, you just kind of look and you say, yeah, it's glorious, but I have no comprehension for how far it goes. And then all of a sudden, there's this finite cloud that comes in the way, and you see these reflections of God's glory. That is what Jesus is with the Father. See, the Father is glorious, but in a way, we're like, I can't comprehend that. I have no idea how to relate to that. Jesus puts on humanity. The Son of God puts on humanity, and all of a sudden, it's something glorious, and it's something beautiful. If you ever want to know how Jesus, or if you ever want to know how God feels, look at how Jesus felt. Look at how Jesus lived his life. Because he not only preached the Father, he lived out the Father. In the same way that we would follow the teachings of Jesus, we would follow the life of Jesus. That's why it's so important to have an understanding of who he is and to get in the word and to learn about him. Not just his words, but how he lived his life. Because if we understand how God is in humanity, we can understand the fullness of who God is for our own hearts and follow him wholeheartedly. Do you ever want to know how God feels, just look how Jesus feels. But if you ever want to, it's not just for the world around you. It's not only how he feels about the world, but about us. Because oftentimes when you look at Jesus, when you look at God, you say, he doesn't understand what I'm going through. Yeah, he's good, but there's this... There's this divide that's between us. He doesn't really know what's happening. But the thing about Jesus is he did take on humanity. He has more life experience than all of us in this room, except Chad. So, <laughs> And one. Jesus has more life experience than any of us in this room. But think about it. Jesus understands more about what you're going through than you do. Jesus understands what it's like to be human. Jesus knows what it's like to suffer and to be tempted in the same way that you do. Jesus knows what it's like to be in the brokenness of life. It's funny even to think about because Jesus went a lot through a lot of the things that you guys went through too. You know, Jesus went through heartache, he went through struggles, he went through puberty. Could you imagine Jesus going through puberty and just the awkwardness of it? You know. We'll move on. But he fully understands right where you're at right now. Because oftentimes when we come to God and we explain who we are, we think God is arms crossed facing directly at us going, what are you doing? Like, and just thinking, what the heck are you thinking? But actually, Jesus is this person who stands next to us and he puts his arm around like a brother. And he's like, okay, just explain what's going through and let's walk together. I know what you're going through. It talks about that later in Hebrews, chapter 4, verse 15, when talking about Jesus. It says, we don't have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses. Jesus is not unable to, em- to empathize with our weaknesses. But we have one who has been tempted in every way. Jesus has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet he did not sin. This is what verse 16 says. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence. Come with confidence to someone who understands completely what you're going through, even in your weakness, especially in your weakness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Jesus gets you. He gets what you went through. And the beauty of Jesus is that he's a brother to you. And there's a lot of power with having a brother that's in your corner because God is a father to us, but he's also a brother to us. How many of you guys play sports in this room? How many of you are on a club, team, whatever? How many of you have ever been yelled at by your coach? The whole football section's like, Aah! you know, and many of you guys have been through what it's like to be yelled at a coach, and you get yelled at a lot by a coach, and you understand what they're saying, but they're the coach. Your heart will go on, you know? And so there really is no understanding of, yeah, I, I, know, what you're, I know what you mean, but, but you're the coach. Of course you're going to say that, and that's how it goes. Now let me ask you something. How many of you have ever been called out by a, a fellow player? You don't have to raise your hands for that. <laughs> it's a little bit different when you get called out by a player that's in front of you because when, when a coach yells at you, you're like, yeah, yeah, they're supposed to yell at me. But when a player comes to you and he says, hey, you can do a lot better than that. You need to pick this up. Hey, you need to change that. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit different because here's someone now who completely understands what you're going through. And they're not saying it because they're a coach. They're saying it because they're your brother or your sister. And they're a peer among you. They understand what you're going through. You know, for me, I remember growing up through this church. And there were a lot of leaders and, you know, that would come up. A lot of parents A lot of older individuals who would preach the gospel to me. And I understood what they said, but a lot of times there was a disconnect in my heart because I felt like that's their generation. That's their understanding of God. That's not necessarily me. And then I remember a leader who was a couple years older than me. His name was Chris. He took me under his wing and he began to teach me a whole new gospel. He taught the exact same thing, but in a whole new way, in a way that I could understand. He was my brother, but he was fully Jesus to me which is, I think, for one reason, one of the the many important reasons for having a leader in your life and having a leader who's close to you in age and having each other to be able to show Jesus because you're not only brothers to one another, you're also Jesus to one another. You can't just be one without the other, which is why God sent his one and only son, someone who could stoop down and stare us in the eye and meet us right where we're at, wherever we find ourselves at. But he's someone who would also preach the truth about God. He wouldn't just let us sit in our sin. He isn't someone who would just let us sit in our own lives, but he would call us out of that. That's what being a true brother is, is, someone who calls you to something greater and is completely honest with you like Jesus was and gives the fullness of his love. And that's what he did. He's fully your brother and he's fully your God, and we need both, guys. We need both. And if you, if you guys understand what I'm saying, can you just say amen to that? Jesus... He's not only the image of the invisible God. He's not just this, this visible side of an invisible God. He is. He's also, he's also the only way to God, which was one of the reasons why he came down in the first place. He is the only way to a righteous relationship with God. If you were standing before God in heaven and there's this giant chasm between you two called your sin and your shortcoming and your humanity, there is no way you can make it over that chasm. And Jesus just comes and he lays a bridge. And Jesus says, you have to go over my bridge in order to get to that side. That's the only way. It's the only way, which is why I came down and why I died for you, so you could cross that bridge. There are many other attempts. There are many other ways people try to get to heaven. But that's the only one. It says salvation is found nowhere else in Acts 4.12. You know, when God looks at you, when he looks down from heaven, he doesn't look at you on the basis of what you're doing and not doing. He doesn't look at you based on your works. But when he looks at you, he says, is Jesus covering that person or not? Do I see Jesus on that person or not? Is that person clean with the blood of Christ? In fact, the word would even describe, if we sin, in 1 John 2, we have one who comes to our defense. God is like this, God the Father is like this judge with the gavel, and he's about to to say, you're guilty of sin, and because you have sin in your life, you're, you're condemned, and then here comes this, you know, lawyer on our behalf, and his name's Jesus, and he, he says, no, I'm giving myself in his place. No, I'm going to battle on behalf of him, and then the judge says, you know what? You're forgiven. You're not guilty of anything because of him. See, that's the power of Jesus in our life, that there's only forgiven. there's only forgiveness. There's only eternal life in him, and so if the worship team would want to come back up i think ending on that and having an understanding just of who god is as our redeemer and our salvation that you can't be saved any other way other than jesus and when you hear that jesus is your lord and your savior there's so much weight to that because that is the only way to heaven that is the only way there is no other way any other any anyone who says otherwise it they're not telling the truth or they're confused because there's only one way to the Father in heaven. There's only one way to forgiveness in God. And you know, that God that brings forgiveness isn't someone who just leaves us just to figure out the rest of this world, but he's a brother who walks through life with us. Jesus is this, is this God taken on humanity so that we could fully understand... And so maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you you want to give your life to Christ. And I want to pray with you if that's you, because that's the best decision you could make in your entire life. Or maybe you're in this room this morning and you you know God, but you've been looking at him like that empty sky. You've been just thinking, I just I know God's good, I know he's he's real, but and I believe in him, but it just seems I have no comprehension for who God is. That that he doesn't get what I'm going through. But the beauty of Jesus and who he is is that he does get what you're going through and that he wants to be a part of what you're going through because god wants to enter your world right where you're at he wants he wants to enter your world at your school he wants to enter your team that you're a part of he wants to enter your family that you're a part of and be next to you through it all god doesn't check out at the end of the day and check in at the beginning of it he's always with us and it will always be there, not only just to be fully our brother, but fully our God. And so when we say God loves you and he wants to bring you peace, he wants to bring you into good things, that means all the time. That means every day and everything that he has for us. Let's pray. Let's, let's give that to God. And if you just want to bow your heads right now, God, we, we know that when we come before your son, we can't leave without a response, God. And we know we can't leave unchanged. So maybe this morning you just feel like I've never given my life to Christ or I've heard of Jesus, but I just am so general when it comes to it that I just say the name, but I don't really understand that he's my Lord and Savior. And you want to call on him as your Lord and Savior today. And that's you. I want to pray with you. If you're just wherever you're at, just nod your head to God and just acknowledge that and just say, Jesus, I, I call on you. I need you. You're my Lord and Savior. You just give that to him right now. And the word says that you're completely forgiven and that you're in him that you have crossed over that bridge and that you're in eternal life. And we praise God for that. There's more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than 99 who stay the same. There is rejoicing in heaven over people who come to know him and just say, Lord, I need you. I can't forgive myself. I can't pay this debt on my own. Jesus, I need you to come to my aid and my defense. That's you. Praise God that you made that decision. Maybe you're in this room and you know Jesus, but you you just know him from a distance. Or maybe you did know him close, and now it's just kind of just straight away. Maybe you've just kind of drifted from God. And right now you just want to say, Jesus, I want you to be my brother. But with offering a brother, that means just getting everything. that that means God will be honest with you. That means listening to your brother. Maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you've just been ignoring your brother and you just need to call him back and say, I'm ready to listen. I'm ready to come before you and surrender. Maybe you just need someone to comfort you. Maybe you just need someone to understand what you're going through. Maybe you just need a brother to comfort you right now, just even in your own sin and just remind you that you're forgiven. Jesus understands what it's like to be tempted and to be suffering in the same way that you might be suffering this morning. There's no shame in that because if God understands, how much more do we understand people who fall short? God, we invite you in right now to be our brother. Lord, we want to know you fully and Lord, you know us fully. So Lord, we just rejoice, God, and we praise you that you do know us fully and that you're our brother. Thank you for being a father to us, Lord, and covering us. But thank you for also being a brother and fully God to us. And so, Lord, this morning, we just we give it to you. And, Lord, we're excited to learn more about you through just this passage. Lord, would you teach us about you and your love more and more, God, just each and every day. Lord, would your word come to life this week? Maybe you've never read your Bible. And this in this week is the week that you just want to learn more about Jesus. And if that's you, I just want to encourage you right now that God is calling you through his word and he wants to teach you about himself to you. So, Lord, we love you and we give that to you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you guys want to stand and come forward for worship.